Hello and welcome to another episode of Went to Mo Kings Meadow, the podcast that talks exclusively about the Chelsea FC women's team. I'm your host, Dean, and on this week's show, in part one, we review Chelsea's impressive away win against Everton in WSL. In part two, we have a news roundup from Kings Meadow. And in part three, we look ahead to our huge Champions League clash with Wolfsburg and the visit of Aston Villa in the league. This is episode 17 of Went to Mo Kings Meadow entitled Just Keep Winning. Now, before we get started, we need your help to help spread the word about this podcast. So if you enjoy what you hear, tag us in a tweet, share us on Instagram, or how about leaving a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts as it helps other supporters find the show. We would really appreciate your support. Uh, now, joining me this week, as ever, is my wonderful co-host, Jane. Jane, how are you doing this week? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thank you, Dean. How are you? Very well, thank you. I'm excited this week because also joining us is the stats guru, all-round lovely person, Mia Erickson. Mia, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. It's Monday, so, you know, my my it's not my best day, but I, I will try to keep my head together to, to make this work. Well, now you're on Went to Mo Kings Meadow. Monday's got 100 times better, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I've been looking forward to this all day long, so... Exactly. I'm glad it's time. Uh, before we get started, Mia, when people are on the show for the first time, we let them talk about how they got into you know supporting football and Chelsea in general. So, you know, if you want to give the listeners a bit of a background into how you got into you know the sport and, and what you do as well. Yeah, I do a lot. <laughs> I know, but um, I've I've always been interested in football in general. So, and I played uh, when. I- I was younger, uh, but the thing is, I'm uh, I'm born and raised in the same uh, area as Hedvig Lindahl, uh, so we we've uh, been going to the same school and and stuff. So when she joined Chelsea, I I just you know sort of followed her and and it's on that way uh, with the Chelsea. But then I'm uh, I'm also a football photographer and I help. Uh, since I live in Linköping now, where uh, Jonna, Magda, and Penile also have been playing, I've uh, been following that team since, yeah, I think 12, I think. Uh, and now I help them with social medias. Uh, you know, I photograph their games and trainings, and, um, and then I got into writing in the UK in some platforms. So I, I write for Her Football Hub uh, and Vavel. And I will soon be writing for Analytics FC uh, to, uh, yeah, been trying out a new uh, tactical and sc- scouting platform for the women's game that will have data on 19 leagues all over the world. So exciting times. Yeah, and obviously we use the stats on the show, which we're very grateful for because they offer a lot of insight into the games. Um, so if you reeled off sort of four or five Chelsea players there that are from sort of where, you, where you're based, so how big is women's football in, in Scandinavia? Because a lot of great players come from that part of the world. Because you know, in the UK, Jane, you probably didn't play football at school, did you? Um, not really. Yeah. I played like occasionally, but it was mainly boys that played yeah the UK boys play football girls can play netball or rounders and that's just how it is but in, in Scandinavia is it different over there 
it, it's sort of hard for me to to say that but you know since i was uh, you know a child i I've always played with the boys like jane you, you say it's the same but uh, i think you know scandinavian football for for women is it's it's um, the leagues here they're like sort of uh, you know players come here to to develop and to try out the pro life before they move on uh, and you can see that with with jonna and magda i mean and you know the opponents for wednesday they also have a couple of players uh, from linköping so it's uh, i think it's it's a great league for young talents uh, and we have a lot of them right now too so yeah we'll we'll touch on those wolfsburg players um in part 3 sort of back to chelsea sort of you started following when when hendrik uh, joined us so, so who's your sort of favorite player now in the team uh, and why so i mean i i think it's i've been thinking about this a lot you know uh the recent years that have have been but I, th- I think I, I can't answer that question without being bis- biased because uh, like for you, I think you, you see a lot, lot of the UK players in the same way that I see the Scandinavian players. Uh, and I've been a huge fan of Penilla Harder since, since she joined Lynn Schöping because I've been following her. I've been seeing her play since she was 19 years old, you know, both live and uh, so she's my favorite player but she would have been my favorite player without her being in Chelsea so I don't know a great player to choose nonetheless uh let's get into the match reviews then we'll start back last Wednesday evening when Chelsea traveled up north to take on Everton in WSL Uh, Jane take us through all the important information from that game Chelsea lined up this one in a 4-1-3-2 formation with Berger in goal the back four of Charles Bright, Eriksson and Anderson, Leopold's at the base of midfield, Jean Cuthbert as a midfield duo, and Penilla Harder as a number 10 behind Frank Kirby and Sam Kerr up front. Emma used all three substitutions with Guru Wrighton replacing Sam Kerr in the 72nd minute. And in the 82nd minute, she made a double change with Jesse Fleming and Jess Carter coming on for Yona Anderson and Frank Kirby. This left Musovic, Telford, Blundell, Spence, Fox and Wardlaw as unused substitutes. Stats-wise, Chelsea had 51% possession to Everton's 49%, 84% pass accuracy to Everton's 83%. Chelsea had 16 shots, 8 on target to Everton's 4 shots, 2 on target. This gave Chelsea an XG of 3.41 compared to Everton's 0.35. Chelsea had seven corners to Everton's six, nine fouls, one yellow card to Everton's six fouls, one yellow card. Chelsea lost possession 96 times compared to Everton's 127 times. Recoveries was tight. Chelsea only slightly ahead of Everton, 73 to 72. Everton completed 22 clearances to R20. However, we we completed 58 interceptions to Everton's 36 and won eight. 98 jewels to the Toffees, 75. Thank you, Jane. Time then for our new segment, Mia's Tactical Assessment. Um, and this week, Mia's here, so she can answer the questions directly without us having to bluff our way through it. Um, Mia, I know you sort of 
wax lyrical about Magda Eriksson's performance um, after the game, but you know, it was the midfield that really got your attention, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it was a different game uh, in in one way because uh, apparently Maran Mielde was absent. Uh, so the thing is with, with Chelsea, they, they have used... Um, their midfielders to protect the the goal and the defenders a lot this season and um, in this game it's it's sort of interesting you know to see that that uh, the midfielders Lopoltz and uh, G is defending it's, it take it takes more uh, uh, defensive duels than than the actual backline um, but and I know we, we say this a lot, but Jonna Andersson, she she deserves this attention because she she did a great game. Uh, I mean, she had she had uh, she was in nine defensive duels and and won eight of them. Uh, I mean, that's that says something just that. But but the thing is that Jonna's role sort of it's changed uh, from last season as well because. Her involvement in in the attack is uh, very much different, I would say. Uh, she takes less touches overall, but um, she is on more touches uh, on the end of them uh, in the final third. Um, she's playing less progressive passes, but but she is on the other hand on the end of more of them too. Uh, so. I don't know. We in the beginning of the season, I, I heard a lot of fans and supporters talking about, "Oh, we need more uh, defenders because it's too slow. Uh, our fullbacks is too slow." And and uh, but you see, when you look at at stats and and numbers, you can see that Mielde she took a step back with Bright, and uh, on the other side, uh, Magda and Jonna has progressed a bit further on uh, up the field so I think that's that's sort of it's it really is uh, worth mentioning because Jonna you, you you could see that when we played Arsenal uh, I, I think it was the second goal goal there when she just you know touched the ball uh, up front to Kirby and Kirby back to Penille and then it was a goal so I think, uh, and Jonna in this game, she she had really great uh, numbers. Uh, so I think uh, she is she is the standout player for me uh, in this game. Yeah, I mean, you spoke about the difference um, to last season, and I suppose I think Chelsea had a bit of a slow start to the season. You mentioned the Arsenal game, but the away game where they drew one all, sort of the sort of the start of this podcast was that game. They really struggled, sort of having any fluidity going forward and, and maybe that just took time for the players to develop into the roles that you see them in now and they're producing the numbers that you that you spoke about at a really high level. I suppose the important thing from that is the pronunciation of, of John Anderson. How good is that? Good? Yeah, it's good. Not we say, John... we say You say, uh, like, Jay, we say, Yona. As, so it should be... Juana. That's Spanish. That's really bad. Let's cut that bit out. No, Jonna. no, we, we li- yeah, Yona. Yona. Exactly. That's Jonna. great. 
I'm going to get a job in the sky. Well done. Thanks. Yeah, well done. <laughs> Not John Anderson. He was a referee in Gladiators, which was a 90s TV show, uh, for those of you that don't know that. Um, let's move on to the game then before we get sidetracked completely. Um, it started almost perfectly for Chelsea, a penalty awarded after two minutes for a handball. Uh, Jane Maramiel out injured, so Menony Luopols stepped up to take it. Uh, was it a good save or a bad penalty, in your opinion? I'm going to go with good save. I think the goalkeeper, I think she played well. She's obviously, she's not Everton's main goalkeeper. Everton's main goalkeeper was out due to concussion protocol. And I think she did well to save it. And it was just, it was just unlucky that she went the same way as what the ball was shot. Yeah. Mia, before the game, someone on Twitter asked sort of everyone who they thought should take penalties now. Mar- uh, Marin's out. I said Liverpool's. I think you did as well. Did we jinx her? Was it our fault? Or is it just like yeah, one of those things? I, I was sort of diplomatic in my answer there. I think most of the Chelsea players are up, uh, you know, mentally and, and they are prepared for, for those moments. Uh, I was sort of diplomatic, you know, in my answer because I I think that uh, both uh, I know that both Lou Pauls and and uh, Penilla Harder has uh, have been taking penalties before before. So I think they, um, yeah, I think it, it it was no wrong answer there. But I I on the other hand thought that the penalty was a bit you know weak because I rewatched it today a couple of times, and, but yeah you're Jane you're right when you said because the goalkeeper looked like she was going that direction no matter what and she was sort of you know determined in her in her save as well so yeah one of those things really but uh, yeah it doesn't change anything for me if we get another penalty on Wednesdays I'll be happy if Leopold puts the ball down and takes it um, it wasn't too long though before Chelsea did get the breakthrough uh, G winning possession played in Sam Kerr she played the ball across to Frank Kirby who of course gratefully accepted that gift uh, Jane we spoke a lot about Frank Kirby last week um, it's great to be talking about her again and it looks you know really positive for Chelsea that her form isn't slowing down. She just continues that rise to, to, to greatness. Yeah, she is. I think since coming back from her injury, she's come back as like a player that's just starting out in her career and she's got many, many years left. Like you'd never think about what all the stuff she went through last year. She's just come back so much stronger and her form at the minute is just brilliant. Yeah, I can see why the, the, the guys at Frank Kirby's Fight Club did their podcast after Frank Kirby, because every week you can talk about Frank Kirby for, for quite a long time. Uh, Mia, not Frank Kirby, I want to talk about G. Her winning possession and releasing you know, the speed of Kerr and Kirby. You know, how vital is that to Chelsea's game plan under Emma Hayes? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, you know, that podcast I re- Referred to on, on Twitter before, you know, box to box. Uh, they talked a lot about this. And then um, you see all uh, of Chelsea's goals came from like, I think it was three passes from uh, back to front. Uh, and it was the same with the first goal, you know, 
Penilla Harder uh, put pressure on Izzy Christiansen uh, and Izzy Christ Christiansen couldn't handle it. So the ball ended up at G. G played, you know, quick up. Uh, I think it was to Sam, it was Sam Kerr just um, above the, the line. And then with, I, I, I call those passes, you know, a no look pass. It's like they don't look, just know that that uh, their partner in crime is there to, to catch it. Um, but I think it's sort of, uh, I, I can tell you this, no other team uh, in women's football play like Chelsea do right now. You know, it's, it's not back to back or, you know, possession wise. It's just, we got the, we, we got the ball and now we're gonna get it into goal. Uh, it's like tap tap, uh, but not uh, Spanish in the in a Spanish way. I don't know which way we, what way we we're, we're gonna call this, but uh, I like the I like it a lot. So it's quick and uh, it, it makes sense to move the ball to the goal very quickly because obviously football is won by scoring the goal. It's also won by not allowing your opponents to score, and Chelsea did that very well. You know, we mentioned the XG of 0.35, which is, is minimal. You know, we never let, even though Everton had possession of the ball with 49%, we never let them create any really good chances. Um, Jane, on the hour mark, it became 2 0 to Chelsea. Vanilla Harder finishing off a move involving Kirby and Kerr. Um, sort of felt like that was the game done then, didn't it? Yeah, I think it definitely did. Obviously, going into the game, I did feel nervous. Obviously, Everton have been playing quite well recently and they are a team to watch out for. So once we got that second goal in, my nerves were my nerves were settled and I thought that's like, it's fine, game over, we've won. Yeah, Mia, I know those three players, Palilla Harder, Sam Kerr, Frank Kirby, have been the focus of your attention recently. Um They've, they've really clicked and they look really dangerous every time they get the ball. They look like they're going to score goals. You know, how sort of pleasing is it uh, for you as a sort of a Chelsea fan to see that, that those three great players can play together? Well, I think, uh, yeah, I, I did some studying on this too because I wrote that article. But you see, Frank Kirby, uh, back in the season 2018-19, uh, she played uh, mostly up front as a center forward. Uh, this season, she has been operating a lot on the right-hand side, and Penilla Harder has been operating uh, a little bit more on the left-hand side. Uh, while Sam Kerr's specialty and her quality is like, you know, she she drives the opponent's, you know, backline out wide, and then Frank Kirby and Penilla Harder just comes running to, to catch what, what she, she is building up. And uh, the, that second goal is, it just proves that they're there for each other, you know, fill up uh, the gaps, uh, creating space for each other. And, and I, think, I think it's uh, very, it's nice to see because like you said in the beginning, uh, Chelsea have been struggling to to get the goals. You know, uh, play around a lot, uh, good with the ball, but now now something happens every time uh, they get the ball, and uh, it's it's very satisfying to watch. 
Yeah, it feels very similar when I watch the men's team to, you know, they are fantastic defensively. They can move the ball forward really well. Uh, at the moment, they just can't score many goals. It feels like they just need to click like, you know, a little harder Sam Kerr and Frank Kirby have. And, you know, the sky's the limit for them as well. Obviously, the women's team more advanced than they are has been the case for, for many years. Um, 79 minutes, the game become 3-0. Um, Neem Charles played you know, a beautiful ball from the back that cut through Everton. Frank Kirby caused some confusion by being offside but not going for the ball. Um Penilla Harder wasn't offside and she did go for the ball and she headed it over the Everton goalkeeper. She just managed to claw that off the line, but Leopold was on hand to put the ball home and make amends for her earlier penalty miss. Um, Jane, just on the performance generally, it was just really impressive, wasn't it? It was so professional. They they knew what they had to do and they come and did it and they, and they left, you know, very happy. Yeah, I think it was. Their overall performance was brilliant. You'd never think they've had so many games. They obviously had the two Champions League games a cup final and like league games as well you wouldn't think they've had that many games in that short amount of time and they came out they came out fighting and they didn't, didn't look tired at all no uh, me i know we spoke about the midfield at the start of this but i want to talk about them again because they were so good um you I mean you had cuthbert Leopold's doing you know the hard graft as we like to say here uh g pulling the strings and, and harder who was absolutely everywhere. She did a tour of the ground, I think, um, is what you tweeted out. Um, who Do you want to talk about one of them in more broader terms? I'm probably going to guess who that's going to be, but you know, which one of them really stood out? I'm going to be diplomatic here as well, because then I actually read somewhere that uh, someone uh, wrote that Erin uh, Cuthbert uh, ha has sort of been... Uh, uh, invisible this season but <laughs> I don't know what they're looking at but let me just tell you this that you know she she was having a really good game versus Everton because her passing accuracy this game was 92 percent uh, that's that's brilliant from a midfielder that is gonna yeah I I, I don't have to say anything more about that because she she is very very good and and she you know works harder than i don't know what it is about her but she has heart for the game every time she's out i mean every player has that but but she she has she plays with her feelings outside her body and you can just uh, yeah i like that a lot so and and i th I, th I think she deserves also credit for this uh, and I just felt that I had to say it when I read where I read that comment. So, um, but I mean, it, it's a different way of playing with midfield because they're not using the midfield uh, as they did last season. The midfielders are there to you know protect the defense and the goal, and when they you know, like Penilla Harder, she is uh, she has dropped uh, down uh, the field compared to where she played in, in Wolfsburg, for example. So uh, she is usually all over a pitch. Uh, I'm used to seeing that, but uh, here she is like, she, you know, she collects the ball and carries it uh, forward, and and that's her, you know, that's her thing. She's known for that. Uh, she's not known. Uh, for goals and assists, no matter what people are 
saying about that. Uh, she does them uh, a lot, but that's just a bonus. Uh, but her quality, if you compare her to other in her position, she's a ball carrier. Uh, so that's why her, I mean, her, her uh, passing accuracy is not as high as uh, Frank Kirby's uh, or, for example, Erin Cuthbert, because she makes um, more critical passes. Uh, and that's her, her role. But uh, I think uh, together with G, Lopals and Cuthbert in this game, uh, the midfield did a tremendous job to, to win this game, uh, you know, to win the balls where they need to win the ball to play like Emma Hayes uh, wanted right now. Tap, tap football straight up the goal. I think we should call it tap, tap, boom. I think that sounds yeah. good. Because it's uh, there, their goal. Just you know, three passes and then we can score. Um, you know, I'll touch on someone said Erin was invisible. You know, I've got some new glasses here. I'll show them to the camera. You know, if the person wants to collect these, they can borrow them. I watched Chelsea on Wednesday. Um, Jane, I suppose it's very hard to look past that midfield four now for Emma going forward into the next games. You know, they're sort of played so well. You'd think that she might stick with them going forward. Yeah, I think I think where they've been playing so well together, I think it would be silly to swap it around. And obviously it's good to try new things out. But I think at the moment in time... We want to go out and win all our games and it's best to stick with them, the strongest players, and they are the strongest players at the minute. Yeah, another player, sort of Jane, I want to mention is is Neem Charles, who, you know, since coming on in that game against um, Atletico Madrid has been fantastic. You're in, an, in the right-back position. She's made that her own. Uh, sort of two questions here. One, one is how impressed have you been with her? And two, so what next for, for Hannah Blundell? Because she can't get in the team at the minute now. I think for the likes of Hannah, obviously I'd hate to see her go. She's been at the club so long. But when you've got the likes of Neve Charles coming in and all these other players, I do think maybe if she wants playtime, it would be... Obviously, I do not want to lose her. But to get the playtime and to potentially get a call-up to England, maybe either going out alone or moving to another team is probably the best thing for Hannah at the minute. Um, since Neve joined, she's just been like I've been really impressed with how she's played. Obviously, she was at Liverpool, who were uh, moved down to the Championship last season, and I think her move to Chelsea has been the best that could come out of her career. She's gone from bottom of the league team to top of the league team, who are winning everything. She's fitted into the team perfectly. Yeah, I suppose it shows Emma's eye for talent because she's able to spot a player in a bad team and think, you know, this player can fit in my team very well. Um, sort of the title of this episode is Just Keep Winning. Um, I'm going to pause because I've frozen. Yeah, the title of this episode is Just Keep Winning. And you know, Mia, I suppose Emma is always a manager that's focused on you know, winning, that's her philosophy. You know, so we should be expecting more performances like this one where it's professional, you know, tap, tap, boomers we're calling it, rather than sort of, you know, Manchester City where it's about how many passes they put together before they score their goal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think uh, also, you know, uh, 
obviously I've seen Melanie Lopolds before because I I follow the Frauen Bundesliga a lot too. But she uh, has, you know, she has managed to get into uh, the English football perfectly. Uh, too. But this is the thing. If you watch stats from uh, players like, uh, like Penilla Harder and Melanie Lopez that have um, played in the Frauen Bundesliga before, you can see it, the thing that you know s- sticks out uh, a bit is uh, it's the defensive duels. Um, and I know this uh, will. Uh, a lot of people will, would say, "Yeah, but but that's because the, the WSL is is a, a better league, a tighter league, and more physical play." But you know, it, it's like that in Germany too. So I'm not sure uh, what it is, but I think it's it's like Leopold's and Harder has been have been um, uh, you know dropped uh, back uh, more in their respective roles here. Uh, so I think uh, Emma Hayes has done a really great job to um, let uh, these two players adapt to the way she wants to play. Uh, because like in the beginning, you could see that uh, Penilla Harder has, has been playing a lot of dif- different positions before she... she uh, now I think it's like six or seven games she has been at the, um, you know, in the number 10 role uh, where she is known to be to be uh, one of the best. So I think we can. Yeah, I'm really excited about this game versus Wolfsburg as well, because I yeah, like I said, I've been following Wolfsburg and it's going to be great to see how Chelsea will um, use their tap tap boom play versus, versus them. So. Let's wait for part three for that. Um, Jane, if we just compare the run-ins with us and Manchester City now as we go to the end of the season, you know, we we both actually play the same sort of teams, Aston Villa, Birmingham, Tottenham, Reading, um, City play West Ham. And then obviously we've got the game against each other. Um, sort of how confident are you of winning the league? Because we don't need to beat City. We can go and draw against them and, and still be champions. Um and I suppose the other teams, you know, the way we're playing, I don't see another a Brighton result coming at all. So what's your confidence like going into this running? No, I'm very confident that we are going to win the league. Um, the games we've got against, they're not difficult. And I don't think Emma's going to let happen what happened against Brighton. Obviously, we drew against Man City last season and that won us the league. So we can draw against them again. And win the league, so yeah, I think it's ours now. Yeah, Mia, is water wet? Are we going to win the league? Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, also. Uh, I think the game versus Man City, obviously, it's going to you know decide the outcome of everything. Uh, and of course, it, it's okay with a draw, but I don't don't think that um, MIs or the Chelsea players will settle for, for a draw. And that that makes me confident. You know, I, I know they won't settle for anything. But I also think that, that Man City is, yeah, they're at the top of their game right now. Uh, but what I also think is that the outcome of quarterfinals uh, 
and the rest of the you know Champions League tournament will also uh, play a part in how the league will play out. I don't know if that makes sense, but but you know if if City suffer a big loss versus uh, Barcelona, uh, I think it will affect their play in in the league. Yeah, I suppose, hopefully to Chelsea's advance. Yeah, I suppose we're lucky with the Wolfsburg game that we play sort of Aston Villa and then Birmingham, two teams which you know, are very poor standard, you know, to put it nicely, I think. Um, Jane, run us through the player of the match vote from, from this game then. The Chelsea Women's Supporters Group had their vote over on Twitter after the game. The four options were Sam Kerr, who received 7% of the vote. Tanil Harder received 22% of the vote. Neve Charles received 34% of the vote. And the winner with 37% of the vote was Frank Kirby. Mia, do you agree with, with that poll? I know I don't. I don't think I know Frank Kirby's great, but I don't think she was the player of the match. It was Neve Charles for me. Um, what about you? Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Um, I think. Uh... You know, it's so easy to, you know, vote players uh, that scores and, and assists. Not that they aren't great, but to look at what, you know, Charles is doing right now, how she is develop- developing, I think, yeah, she, she deserved it. Yeah, I think, you know, especially the, what she's doing and then, you know, Penilla with what she did all over the pitch. You know, I think those two were, were head and shoulders above everybody else in this game. But, you know, Everyone's got opinions and more people agreed it was Frank Kirby than not. Um, Jane, there was just one fixture this weekend, weirdly, which was Bristol City Tottenham. So how does the league table look after all that? So Chelsea still sit top of the WSL on 44 points. Manchester City second with 42 points. Manchester United third with 35 points. And Arsenal fourth with 32 points. Interestingly, after that Arsenal victory over United, that they do have a game in hand and a much superior goal difference. Following Arsenal are Everton, Brighton, Reading, Tottenham, Birmingham, Aston Villa, Bristol City, and in last position is West Ham. Yeah, you'd noticed, you know, regular listeners, that we've added Arsenal's points back now. So they are in the race for the top three. Um, I thought that was really impressive, actually, against Manchester United. It was a game I watched my first women's game I must say that doesn't include Chelsea um, or international football um, a very good game that the Arsenal were just better than Manchester United and it you know it shows that you don't win the league in January you know Manchester United have learned that now and they might miss out on Champions League football which will be funny uh, from my angle um, you know as we mentioned no game over the weekend so that's all for part one join us after this very short break for part two where we've got the news from Kings Meadow and beyond For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to part two of Went to Mo Kings Meadow. Time now for a news update from Kings Meadow. Uh, what's been happening this week, Jane? Um, so, Mar- Maramild update from Emma Hayes via journalist Susie Rack. 
my elder had surgery today, which was Friday, and will be back for pre-season. And they were relieved and gutted at the same time. Jisoo Yun has been appointed as co-president of the Korean Pro Footballers Association. Congratulations, G. And a further congratulations to Emma Hayes, nominated for Manager of the Year at London Football Awards. Neve Charles, nominated for Young Player. Frank Herbie and Peniel Harder, nominated for Player of the Year. And it's been announced that Sky Sports has agreed a three-year deal for television rights of the WSL broadcasting 35 live games this season. Yeah. Um, Mia, we let our guests sort of pick their news story. I think I know which one this is going to be to talk about. Um, what news story do you want to chat about now? Yeah. My head is completely empty. What What did you mean? So out of those sort of the Marimielda update, um, the G being appointed as the Korean Pro Footballers president um, or the Sky TV deal, sort of what yeah, the news stories you know, would you, you mean, like to discuss yeah. uh, the most? Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, the Sky TV deal, of course. But, you know, I think it's, yeah, I, I've been sort of, you know, like, painfully aware uh, these few days because I, I read obviously I read read a lot uh, uh, from British media about uh, women's football and then then I read an article uh, that was tweeted out as an analysis um, uh, of Manchester City and Chelsea's opponents in uh, the uh, Champions League uh, and then I uh, read it and then I was like oh but where's the analysis because you you can <laughs> you can really see that that it I know it, it's a mix of uh, you know wanting to get information uh, about other teams and leagues uh, outside um, the UK uh, but it's also a question of uh, you know it being accessible uh, and it's not. And this is, uh, I mean, this deal is obviously making uh, the league in the UK uh, more accessible for us that doesn't live there. And that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is, I mean, you know, writers and journalists and, you know, everyone that that is working within football need to, to want to know about other leagues and players, uh, because it's like it's like I said before, you, you can't just look at the player that scores and make making a lot of assists. I mean, I, I can tell you, I, I've been having a feeling that some of Chelsea's fans have have just heard about Penilla Harder before; they've never seen her play. Uh, just heard that she scored a lot of goals and was making a lot of assists and has been winning UEFA Player of the Year and so on and so on. And uh, if you just uh, hear about things and don't watch them yourself, you're not going to get the whole picture uh, of anything. Uh, and I think uh, this deal also shows, uh, it shows other countries and leagues that they, they're going to have to step up because this is the deal right now. It's happening, and they can't stop it. Yeah, Jane, I think it's you know, it's great. Obviously, that your know, investment is coming, and 
Yeah, they can improve facilities and, you know, the broadcasting can improve, the commentators can pronounce names properly, hopefully. Um, but also we need to bear in mind, you know, the impact of supporters, you know, we know in the men's game, they will schedule the game for a Monday night where the fans have got to travel hundreds of miles up the country. And it's important that they, you know, balance the two better than they have done in the men's game. Yeah, I think they have got to still do a lot of work. Obviously, they've got they've got to consider timings of games. I know the supporters group tweeted there was, I think Sky was saying about a game on a Friday evening, a game Saturday lunchtime, and then a game Sunday lunchtime and Sunday evening was sort of how they was going to broadcast. But then you've also got to put in consideration, obviously, big teams like Chelsea not to schedule a women's game at the same time as a men's game because you're not going to get the support because a lot of women's fans who support the men's team would prefer to watch the men's team over the women's so then you're going to drop down on views so I think they've just got to put everything into consideration and then it will just be able to work perfectly Yeah I suppose Wednesday a prime example of that Chelsea played Everton you know at 7 and at 7.45 or 8 the, the men's team kicked off you know, a Champions League game you know I will admit I watched the women's game all the way through and then put the men's game on afterwards because I host a podcast about Chelsea women. So it would be wrong of me to have switched off. Um, and I suppose I see the best stuff of, of both games, you know, by doing that. Um, yeah, you know, like we said, great that the WSL gets coverage. You know, those not in the UK can watch it more accessibly. Um, it'd be interesting to see how they price this, how they market it. How sort of because the FA play is free at the minute for us in the UK, so obviously that's different, you know, for us now that we have to pay for that coverage. But if it improves quality, if it you know, improves coverage, we're all for it, and and hopefully the supporters groups like you know the ones at Chelsea, Manchester City, um, play a key part in the voice in that. Uh, let's move on then to a loan report. Um, some positive news to report on for Jamie Lee Napier and Emily Murphy whose Birmingham City team managed a 2-2 draw with West Ham. Uh, the good news from that game is that Emily Murphy scored her first goal of the campaign. She wrapped it quickest in the box and smashed the ball home from a corner which sort of bounced around the box. Uh, both players started the game. Napier was substituted on the 63rd minute with Emily Murphy playing the 490. Uh, they got a huge game next Sunday when they take on Bristol City, yeah, which could be huge in the race to avoid relegation. So it's a good luck to the girls on that one. Uh, that is all for part two, though. So before we go to the break, we've got our parish notices, as always. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find us by searching Wentzamo Kings Meadow. Uh, we publish three or four videos a week based on this podcast. So if you want to see our faces as well as our voices, YouTube is the place to go. Uh, apologies in advance for the new specs. They're really reflecting the screen. It's annoying me. It's going to annoy you. Uh, but it does hide my face. So, you know, positives and negatives to take from that. Um Consider this an invitation to join our Discord channel. Discord is the perfect place for match day discussions to be involved in the Chelsea Women's community. Make sure you download the Discord app, search for Wentimo Kings Meadow and hit join. Um, otherwise, the link is in the description for that and we look forward to seeing you in there. Uh, a reminder, if you follow both the men's and the women's team, then to check out the main Chelsea fan car show. Um, they also have a Patreon account, which is www.patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. So if you enjoy the shows and would like to help support us both financially, you can do so there, uh, but there's no obligation to. We love you either way just for listening. And also we want as many people talking about and listening to shows that the women's team 
you know are on so check out and listen to london is blue uh, the team at 195 a new mention for every other saturday which is a new podcast by daniel charles and jay mcintosh uh, they had a really fascinating discussion this week on the team and you know, the future of women's football, so make sure you check out them. And also the only other podcast exclusively about Chelsea SC women that we know about, Franz Fight Club. Um, also make sure you check out the Chelsea FCW social. You know, aside from, from my column on there, you know, Mia's got work on there and there's lots of other amazing content from some great people. Um, if there's someone you think should be added to this list, then let me know. We'll add them in and help spread the word. And yeah, don't forget to check out the Chelsea and supporters group on Facebook and Twitter. The more supporters involved in the group, the better for the club and for us supporters as well. So that's it for part two. Join us after this very short break for part three. We'll be previewing the big game on Wednesday. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy. And you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back to part three of Went to Mo Kings Meadow. Preview time now. We're going to look ahead to the next, you know, the big game in the Champions League against Wolfsburg. Uh, Jane, tell us about the journey to this stage using the right information. In the round that... Round of 32, Wolfsburg beat Spartaks uh, 7-0 on aggregate. They won the first leg 5-0 and the second leg 2-0. Then in the round scene, they faced LSK women winning uh, 4-0 on aggregate, 2-0 in the first leg and 2-0 in the second leg. Yeah, Jane, we've had some you know, big games against Wolfsburg over the years, um, losing obviously at the semi-final stage to them. Um, how excited are you for this game? I am very excited. I don't think I've actually personally ever watched a Wolfsburg versus Chelsea a game in the Champions League. I think the last time we played Wolfsburg, we did play at Stamford Bridge. I know one of the times we did play them. So it is it is going to be an exciting game and a good game to watch. Yeah. Mia, you spoke about people not sort of knowing football outside of you know, sort of the UK, sort of the analysis that was missing from your previews that you read, um, which is why, you know, I went one step further and got somebody that knows what they're talking about when it comes to Wolfsburg that's actually seen them play. Um, so tell us about Wolfsburg, you know, what they, how they set up, how they like to play, you know, the key players that we should be looking for. Yeah. So here's the deal. Uh, Wolfsburg has, uh, have been, uh, they are in a position uh, they haven't been in uh, like four years. Uh, they have won the league and the league cup, the FB Pokal, uh, four years in a row. Uh, and the last year uh, they won the cup, you know, on pens, penalties. Uh, and uh, it was... Uh, that was the their tightest game I think they've played in a, in a long time, and then the Champions League happened. Uh, obviously, they were also uh, you know privileged to play their league uh, after the the lockdown in Europe last spring, um, 
and then it was like you know the discussions around that was oh is this gonna be you know i talked to fridolina rolfa because i interviewed her uh, in the beginning of the new beginning of this the, the second part of the season and then we talked about you know if it was an advantage for Wolfsburg to have been you know playing games uh, ahead of the Champions League uh, tournament in, in Spain and she was like you you can look at it from from two perspec- perspectives uh, obviously and uh, and then they entered that competition uh, Glasgow uh, in the quarterfinals piece of cake you can you can say uh, but then they were up against Barcelona, and and personally, I think that Barcelona should have won that game. Uh, they were the better team, uh, but Barcelona's problems have been that they haven't been uh, clinical enough in front of goal. And Wolfs- Wolfsburg got away with, you know, like the last breath there when Fridolina Rolfa scored uh, the winner. Uh, and then they were up against Lyon again, uh, and Lyon won because Lyon is Lyon. We can say what we want about that because they have been performing, uh, I think, rather poor this season than uh, previous seasons. But Lyon will be will always be Lyon. Uh, but you know, back to Wolfsburg, they they have been uh, obviously they they lost their uh, most important player. Uh, their play was uh, involving, uh, you know, Penilla Harder a lot. But then people tend to forget that they have had two key players out uh, due to injuries for uh, big parts of this season. And that's uh, Eva Payor and Alex Pop. And Alex Pop is their captain as well. She injured her foot, uh, you know, in October and has been out uh, till after Christmas break. And Frau and Bundesliga have a longer Christmas break than they, they have a Christmas break uh, for, for almost two months. And, you know, the WSL have two weeks. So she returned after the break and then she has been playing. And Eva Payor, she returned and she was you know, like the goal scorer uh, beside Penile. Um, and she returned, um, you know, when they play played the LSK uh, now in the Champions League. So she has been subbed in for four games. Uh, and Alex Pop has been starting, you know, a lot uh, after the break. So those two are back. And they are players that can, you know, change a game for, for Wolfsburg. Um, but also, if, if you want to look, you know, I, I watched them play, I rewatched uh, their game versus Werder Bremen in the cup, uh, quarterfinal cup game they played Saturday. And then I, I'm quite sure that they're going to line up like they lined up versus them. And they won 7 0, but, but, you know, Werder Bremen is like, yeah, uh, Aston Villa and, and you know, <laughs> West Ham, perhaps uh, now, so we can't read too much into that. But I, I'm quite sure they're going to line up like they started that game, um, and it's it's going to be a tough challenge for Neem Charles on the left hand side to to stop, you know, because Fridolina Rolfe play, plays uh, at the left hand side for Wolfsburg, and she is strong, tall, and uh, very clever with the ball. 
So it's going to be a challenge for Neem Charles, I think. So we described Chelsea as um, tap, tap, boom. How would you describe Wolfsburg's you know, style of play? Yeah, I think they like to handle the ball uh, uh, much more in the midfield because they have uh, Ingrid Engen, Norwegian international, uh, and they have Alex Pop. And they played uh, three, uh, four, three, three uh, this game this weekend. And they have had uh, Lena Oberdorf. Uh, she's a young German super talent uh, in the in a kind of number ten role, uh, so I'm quite sure she's put there to handle Penilla Harder, because she's she's she might be young, but but she has a lot of defensive skills, uh, along with play with her playmaking skills. But but yeah, so we have Ingrid Engen. Uh, Lena Oberdorf and, Fridu, uh, and Alex Pop in the midfield with um, uh, three up front where you have Svenja Hut, who is a German international. <laughs> and then you have Sweden international, uh, newly signed the striker from, from uh, Göteborg, who, is, uh, who, who won the Swedish league. Uh, and she is uh, Rebecca Blomqvist. Uh, she joined Wolfsburg back in December, so she is uh, very new. But she has taken part uh, in the starting eleven, uh, yeah, right straight away. And beside her, we have Fridolina Rolfa. Uh, so the thing is, I, I know that no, I I'm quite sure that Magda and and Jonna will they they know these players a lot. So I'm I'm confident that they're gonna handle them. Yeah, we, we spoke about obviously some some tight matches between Wolfsburg and Chelsea. Wolfsburg just having you know that extra bit of quality, I suppose, you need in these games. Chelsea having signed you know the world's best player in Penilla Harder, does that tip the edge in their favour going into this game? Um, I want to, you know, agree with what Emma said earlier today because I, I see it. The, Two ways. If they're gonna, f- if Wolfsburg is gonna focus a lot on what Penilla Harde does, they're gonna have a really hard time to handle uh, Frank Kirby and Sam Kerr. Uh, also, what uh, I think we have to remember here is that Penilla plays a different role in Chelsea than she did in Wolfsburg. So. Uh, I'm curious to see how they're gonna handle uh, Penilla Harder, uh, obviously. But if they focus too much on her, I think they're gonna be tap tap boomed <laughs> <laughs> on the on the you know wings by two other players. That's what we like um, to so... hear. Um, Jane, sort of, are you confident of, of Chelsea in in this one now? Listening to me speak about Wolfsburg. Yeah, I am actually, which I'm quite shocked at because normally I'd be like nervous, but I feel like we've got the team and we've got the potential and to win the Champions League, we're going to have to play the best teams at the end of it. Um, We was either going to get Wolfs... I all thought we was either going to get Wolfsburg and Leon, so I'm pleased we got Wolfsburg and I am confident that we are going to go out and smash it. I share your sentiment. You know, Mia, you spoke about Wolfsburg, you know, liking the midfield, using the ball. If you was Emma Hayes, would you stick with the sort of 
442 diamond sort of formation she's used or would you switch that to 433 or perhaps even 4231 sort of how would you go about this game yeah i th- i think it's you know you could see it a bit in the game versus everton that you know claire emsley she had uh, neem charles a bit uh, you know they they you know sort of pinpointed the weakness uh, in Chelsea's defense throughout that game. And, and it is because Nim Charles is great going forward. You know, Chelsea's fullbacks, Mielde and Andersson, uh, hasn't been uh, such uh, in, in attacking mode if, if you compare them to other fullbacks. But Nim Charles, she is, uh, her, her, you know, skill is attacking and going forward. And if you're going to save, uh, save that part up a bit, I think, yeah, Emma Hayes could play like 4 3 3, three to protect uh, Neem Charles a bit. But then again, that will take away, you know, the edge of the attacking play. So I, th- I think it's, it's very, it's hard to tell. But if you want to play safe, you play... 433 if you want to if you don't you play 442 and just tap tap boom all yeah from start because that's the way Chelsea have been playing they've been pressuring high from the beginning to see how it affects you know the opponents uh, but what i also want to say is that i think that one of Chelsea's many many uh, qualities uh, this season is that they can switch you know, tactics and position during the game. So um, I'm quite confident that they will switch to whatever is needed to, uh, you know, control the game. Yeah, something I noticed about this team as well is the tactical fluidity that they show. Um, Let me pick my team then, and then, you know, me and Jane can pick that apart. I've stuck with you know four four two diamond you know tap tap boom from the start. Uh, Berger in goal, Charles at right back, Bright and Eriksson in centre back, and Anderson in the left back. Uh, Sophie Ingle back in at the base of midfield with Leopold and G as a midfield two. Uh, Pineda Harder as a ten with Sam Kerr and Frank Kirby up front. Uh, you know our biggest threat to opposition is that front three, uh, and the way the diamond setup gives them the flexibility. To, to spread out wide and, and Panilla to run through the middle or Panilla to drop deep. You know, I think, you know, when you've got that, you've got to use, you know, those talents every game. Um, you know, when you've got Ingle at the base of the midfield, she can drop in to make that a five, you know, at times and help support Charles that way by pushing Midi Bright over. Uh, and you also got G able to connect, you know, front to back very quickly. Um, Jane, what's your thoughts on that team? Your changes you'd make? Um, for once, I'm going to stick with the team you've picked. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change anyone this week. Um, obviously, I don't expect Beth to be back. Yeah, I think she's still out with concussion. Um, so yeah, I think what you've picked, we've got a good chance. Finally, we're waiting 17 episodes for a good team, and now we've got it. Um, yeah, Beth England's still out. I think um, Emma said today. Um, Sophie is available, so expecting her to come in. 
Mia, if if you were Emma Hayes, you know, would you take that team and go with it? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I I think that Sophie Ingle will will start if she's available and and fully fitted for for the task. I I think so, uh, but. Also, I think she will start Neem Charles because of her performance lately, and she deserves to start um, because, like we said before, it's a two, yeah, it's it's two ties, and if it's not working the way as uh, expected, then Hannah Blondel is, uh, you know, the perfect. She she is up for it, and and she will handle it just as well. That that's what I think. Uh, so yeah, um, I agree. But I I think that Ingle will start. Yeah, I suppose if she's not you know fully fit, then you would see the same team that, that played against Everton with Erin with coming in and, and Melanie moving back to that base of midfield. Um, but yeah, it's going to be you know a fascinating game. Let's um, get a prediction then. Um, I'm going to go last because I don't know what I'm predicting yet. Um, Jane, you can go first. Um. I'm going to go 2-1 to, to Chelsea, yeah. Good. Uh, Mia, yeah. your prediction? Yeah, I'm going to say 2-0. Two 2-0. Nil. Two nil. I'm, I, I can't go in between those two scores because they're 2-0 two or 2-1. I'll go 3-1, I think. I think I can see us conceding, but we, uh, we're going to tap-tap boom a couple of times. Yeah, that's just the way Chelsea play football. Um, yeah, really interesting game. You know, unfortunately, uh, is this the four o'clock kickoff? This one, do you know, Jane? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for me, I'm gonna miss most of it. Yeah. Um, maybe some sneaky driving while listening to the game will be going on on the way home from work. Um, if you can watch it, please do. Please share what's going on so the rest of us can, can know as well. Um, Let's move on quickly then to Aston Villa this coming Sunday. Uh, Jane, give us the form guide for Aston Villa ahead of this game. So Aston Villa currently sit, sit 10th in the WSL. They've played 15, won three, drawn one and lost 11. In their last five games, they've won one and lost four. The results are as followed with the most recent first. A 2-0 defeat to Brighton, a 3-0 loss to Manchester United a 5-0 loss to Arsenal, a 1-0 win versus Tottenham and a 4-0 defeat to Chelsea. Now, Aston Villa, unlike Wolfsburg, are not a good football team. So, you know, Jane, it's difficult to look past Chelsea to win this one, isn't it? Yeah, the difference, it's going to be two very different matches. And I think the outcome and the score lines are going to be very, very different. Well, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, Amir, I suppose, you know, with this game coming in between those two games against Wolfsburg, it, it makes a good opportunity to rest some of them key players, you know, as we did against Bristol City in the Conti Cup final with, you know, Pineda and G missing out on that one. Um, nice for Emma to be able to get some rotation in, I think. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's crucial for, for players to, to get some rest too. So I think that's... That, is what's gonna happen, but I think it's, you know, it's like she said in her presser today. I think that um, you know Beth England will not be back for this one, but maybe she is 
she's back hopefully on Sunday. So it, I think that will be a nice game for her to play if if she's fully fit again. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a quick look at Aston Villa. Then they like to play, you know, five-three-two. However, wing backs are not designed for getting forward. They are designed to get extra people in defence. Um, so, Jane, I suppose we're going to need some sort of fluidity in, in attack to sort of break through their their back five, aren't we? Yeah, I think they're going to put as many players out to defend us. They know we can score goals, so they I think their main their main thing for the game is going to try and stop us to get through. But I'm confident that we're going to be able to get through and tap, tap, boom. Tap, tap, boom. You know, <laughs> new merch idea there, I think. You know, if we're going to do merch, tap, tap, boom is definitely there. Um, Mia, the standout player for Aston Villa, Iabucci, um, keeping her off the ball, as Chelsea did to Ebony Salmon against Bristol City, I suppose that's you know the key to stopping any sort of Aston Villa win, isn't it? Well, yeah, at the moment, uh, obviously, but I think that Chelsea did a great job doing that the last time, uh, and this is a home game as well, which I'm really glad. Uh, no traveling at the weekend, um, and. But I think that Aston Villa has also uh, a really good Scandinavian player named Stine Larsen, uh, who is a national teammate with Penilla Harder. Uh, and she is, she is, you know, she has been playing, you know, in the defense for Villa up front as a forward and as a winger. And she's very, you know, flexible. Um, and um, she, she's also, Chelsea will have to take care of her too. But I think that Villa's uh, biggest weakness this this season has been their defense. It's like they're, they're doing stuff that you you don't really get. Stuff you don't get coached to do. Um, Jane, Emma has this new formation, I think, this year, which is 4-1-3-2, which is basically send everybody forward and leave you know, a couple of people just standing around at the halfway line. Um Seems to be the perfect formation for this game, though, doesn't it? Because we can really go at Aston Villa and attack them. Yeah, I think send as many players up as we can, attack, and just have them few players at the back ready, just in case Villa do somehow get through us and manage to get the opportunity to score. So I think that formation would work pretty well in this game. Yeah, less tap, tap, more boom. That is yeah, the, the message definitely. I'm sending out. Um, in this game. Um, Mia, we love our fullbacks on this show. We love to see them get forward. Um, Jonna, obviously, you know, at left back, usually a threat. But if we rest her, who would you put in her place to replicate sort of her game? Uh, I mean, Hannah Blondell came on for her. Uh, this, uh, yeah, one game in the Bristol, uh, the final, right? Uh, so I think she will be. Uh, I think I think Blundell could play uh, Jonas' position as well. Um, obviously, it's. I also think I read somewhere that you know. I mean, Erin Cuthbert could play uh, in the back line as well, and I think uh, in these games, it's it's like it it's gonna all come down to how hard they are gonna have to work to get the goals and the win versus Wolfsburg this first time. 
and please no red cards to play <laughs> 10 versus 11 this time because I don't think you know it, it can work uh, versus you know Atletico Madrid but but uh, it, it won't work versus Wolfsburg I think so and with Bet England uh, being out this uh, time I think um, uh, some players will have to play 90 minutes so I mean, she could she could try a guru right then at uh, the the left hand side pullback. I think I that would if work they, if they're getting forward more than they have to defend. She would, you know, be able to do that that job. Um, Jane, we we touched on Bethany a little bit. She should be back for this game, I believe. You know, uh, it's a great opportunity for her to get back, you know, back in the team and back on the score sheet, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think it's great to see her back. For this game, obviously this game isn't a big game, so obviously it wouldn't be much of a struggle to come back after concussion. And yeah, it'd be brilliant if she can come back and get some goals scored. Uh, yeah, Mia, we spoke about the midfield in the Everton game. Um, Jessie Fleming is a player I really like, and we've spoken about her a bit, um, sort of online. Yeah, what what role best suits her in your opinion in this team? Yeah, I'm sorry, you disappeared a bit again in the beginning. Let's try that again then. We're speaking about the midfield um, a lot. Yeah, a player in midfield that I like is Jesse Fleming. What's her best role, in your opinion, in, in Chelsea's team? I mean, she's a, she's a small beast, you know, like, I don't know if you saw that clip on her in, in She Believes Cup, but, but she's, she, she's tough. Uh, she's like, uh, you know, Erin Cuthbert. Um, I like to wa- watch her. Uh, and I think she's, yeah, we, we will be seeing more of her in, in the near future. Yeah, I remember the clip you're speaking about. You know, I liked her against Bristol City. She was very high up the pitch. She was you know, really pressing high. She was one of the key players in that. Do you think also she could play as a base midfield player as well, if she's got that tenacity that you need in that position? Well, yeah, I think so. I think she definitely uh, she definitely has the attitude for it. But, you know, versus Bristol, she she was that player. I mean, she, she played a Penilla Harder role and she did it good. You know, they won the ball. She tap-tapped it up. It yeah. I think it's uh, she. She uh, is also, uh, you know, like young talent. With she's obviously a starter for her national team, and that says a lot. So I think, um, but you can. I really enjoy watching her play, and I, I I enjoy watching her play even more after seeing her in the She Believes Cup. Uh, in some ways, I think you know it's it's like you said bef- you said it before. You, you never you haven't watched a women's game if Chelsea isn't playing. You know, see you learn so much about the players in Chelsea when you watch you know them in their national teams as well. Uh, makes it even more you know enjoyable when they're get to go out in their club uh, team to perform uh, when you have seen what they can do uh, for their, you know, like countries. Yeah, exactly that. I suppose we had not seen much of her for Chelsea. And then, you know, you see these clips circulating 
of this, you know, football. You think, wow, this player actually plays for us, and we've not seen her do that. You know, let's get her in the team and you know replicate that for Chelsea. Um, you know, a little spoiler: Jesse Fleming's the feature of my next um, CFC social piece, um, which will be out when I write that. You know, don't hold your breath though; that could take a while. Um, let's go with the lineup now then. Um, remembering that there is a huge Champions League game either side of this. Um, so I've gone with 4-1-3-2. Muzovic back in goal. Blundell at right back. Millie Bright. Sophie Ingle in defence. And Carter at left back. Uh, Drew Spence holding the midfield with Cuthbert, Fleming and Gura Wrighton behind. Bethany England and Sam Kerr in attack for this one. Um, Jane, what changes are you going to make to that team? Um, I'm going to make a few. <laughs> um, I'd keep Miss Vic in goal. Um, I'd probably put. Oh, it's it's tough. Where we've got such big Champions League games, I think I'd leave Magda in there. Um, to have. Oh, it is really tough. <laughs> I think I'd have Magda, Millie, Soph and Hannah and then probably keep the rest the same. Who would go out to the left-back? Sophie or Magda? Yeah. No, I think I'd move Sophie out. Interesting choice. Um, yeah. Obviously, yeah, it's a tough decision that Emma's got to make with, with the games that she's got either side of this one. Yeah, Mia, what's your thoughts on, on that team and what would you change to that? Well, ob- obviously, I, I'm, I'm sticking with uh, Sechira Muzovic uh, in goal there. I think it, it would be a perfect game for her to, you know, play again. Um, I, I'm going to go with Jane here because I think that Millie Bright will deserve a rest. Uh, I think uh, Magda can play. She she has been out uh, for a couple of games, so so she she can play. But I think in some way that you know Magda probably can play uh, to the left here uh, a bit. Uh, I mean they could play uh, back three uh, in this game. They have done it before, and if they're not gonna defend so much. Uh, yeah, I think they they can do that. But I would probably play uh, Guro Reitan in this game, uh, Erin Cuthbert, and Beth England and Sam Kerr did really well together versus Arsenal the last time around. So why not? Uh, but yeah. like like I I. I I'm sure it won't be a Brighton game, but, you know, let's not do too many changes. Well, the reason I, I left Magda out for Millie was because Millie missed out at Brighton. And, you know, some people claim that that was partly the reason that we didn't get the win in that game. Um, you know, either way, I think there's enough quality there to, to win. You know, but part of me really wants to put Gura Brighton now at left back and see what happens. Um I suppose it's who replaces her more further forward, but I'm guessing that this team's going to be nowhere near what Emma Hayes picks on Sunday because it never is when I make changes like that. Um, 
Predictions then. I think I'm going to know what I'm going to go for this game. So I'm going to go first with a nice 4 0 win in this one. Uh, Jane, yours? I'm going to go 3 0. 3 0. Mia, your prediction for this game? Yeah, I was also going to say 3 0. But to make it a bit more exciting, then, then I say 2 0. I think it's going to be. It's going to be high tempo from the beginning, uh, but then I think it's if they if they score uh, goals like two in the first half, I think it probably they will, you know, rest during the game as well. The good news is we never remember what we predict. So no one's going to remember what we said, no matter what the score is. Whatever it is, you can just say, I said that. And we would believe that you did say that because we don't know. Um, no emails this week. Um, remember, if you do want to get in touch with the show, you know, you can do by emailing us at wentomokingsmeadow at gmail.com. Uh, you can say what you like about the team, the show, the latest game, the latest news story. We will read it out um, if we get it. Um, very sadly, that is all we've got time for this week. Um Join us next week when we'll be discussing this game against Wolfsburg and Aston Villa. We will also be looking ahead to the second leg of the Wolfsburg tie and the game against Burnham City. Uh, Jane, a pleasure to talk to you again about this team. I'm really excited for the game on Wednesday, even though I'm going to miss it. Um, thanks for joining us again. That's all right. No worries. It is an annoying time schedule, but I'm lucky. I'm still not back at work, so I will be able to watch it. The luck of furlough um, this week. Leah, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on. You know, I feel intelligent wearing my new glasses anyway, but have learned tons this this week. I'm sure Jane agrees with me. Um, thank you so much for coming on and you know, sharing the knowledge of not just Chelsea and the stats, but also you know wider women's football, especially you know in terms of Wolfsburg. Yeah, thank you, thank you for for having me. I will be working from home on Wednesday. Not working from home. Yeah, I will be working from home. Into work. <laughs> My work time is flexible, so I can, you know, watch watch it. Long lunch break. Yeah, yeah. Again, thank you for coming on. I'm gonna pretend next week that I know all about Wolfsburg just by copying what you've told us um, tonight. So you know, make sure you don't listen to next week's show. And don't let anyone know on Twitter that I've done that. Um, remember, you can follow us all on Twitter. The show at Mo Kings Meadow, me at Dean Mears, Jane at Jane Chapel X, and me at Mia underscore Erickson. You can also find us on Instagram at Went to Mo Kings Meadow. Uh, don't forget, of course, you can contact the show via email. Get your points heard. That address again is Went to Mo Kings Meadow at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, Chelsea fans from Kings Meadow to Wembley, keep that blue flag flying high. <laughs>